Church, how are we all this morning? Pastor says I need to do an update on a little baby girl. So they're still down in the hospital. Unfortunately, not quite here yet. We're anxiously awaiting for her to come home. Basically, all we're, all we're needing her to do is build up some stamina. She, like I was telling Carl yesterday, she gets tired when she eats and falls asleep halfway through. And Carl said, that's my problem too. So, and I was like, yeah, you know, I get that. She's like her grandpa. Yeah, she gets tired eating food and falls asleep. No, but she's doing great. Zero setbacks, zero issues. She just got to build up some stamina and learn to eat on her own. She's So she's still utilizing the feed tube to catch up what she doesn't eat. But there's been several times she'll take the whole amount too. So we're getting there. So once she does that and, and then learns to uh, start queuing to even want to eat on her own, that's kind of the last thing that they're looking for, which she's already starting to do a lot of that. Then she'll hopefully be coming home. So I'm hoping here in a week or so, and it's it's just kind of hard to say. You know, it's, it's all up in the air, but that's all right. So we're surviving, and we shall see the other side of this. And regardless, we have a beautiful baby girl that's alive and well. So that's the main thing. Yes. Jesus Day. We have one week before Jesus Day is here. So we are just a little bit excited because we've got a lot of wild and crazy fun things lined up for that day. One thing we do need some help with is if anybody has access to gardener snakes in their yard, we want some. And I'm dead serious. We want some gardener snakes. So Caleb won't, Caleb won't help us. Yeah, bigger the better is what we prefer. So if you have some and you know they live in your yard and you're not willing to grab them and throw them in a bucket and bring them to us, give me a call or talk to Amy. Amy would love to come dig it out of your yard. Either way, we will find somebody to get get a hold of it for you and bring that out. But we do want to get some live ones. So not the ones that you already hit with the mower or chase down with the hoe, but a live one. So, um, but anyway, Jesus day is this next Saturday from nine to two. Um, I reached out to most all of you yesterday and talked to you about where you're going to be. Ellen, I, you're the only one I didn't get to. So I will talk to you, but, um, if you did not sign up and you want to be a part of it, let me know. It's not too late. But the big thing is, we need kids. We don't want to not have kids. So a lot of you have signed up your children, but some of you haven't even signed up these children. So I encourage you to do so. If you're going to be here, make sure you sign them up. And tell everybody you know there's still some invites out there. The biggest thing you could really do is get on Facebook, if you have Facebook, and share all of the posts. Harvest Church's posts, we're pumping a lot of them out there about Jesus Day. Share them, because the more it gets out there, the more people will find out and people will get signed up. But be sure to be telling everybody, kids, invite your friends. Don't let them miss out, because not only are we going to preach the gospel, but I believe God's got some other things in store for that day. So they'll go home changed new creations in Christ Jesus, and I'm thinking might see some awesome displays of the Spirit of God that day. So So the ages are first grade through sixth grade. So I think most everybody's back in school, so obviously you should know if you're in first grade or in sixth grade by this point in time. So, um, But please, 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 we want lots of kids, and we've, we've got about 10 right now signed up, well, 12 signed up. So um, I know everybody likes to wait till the last minute. That's all right. We'll get there. But I encourage you to get out there and let everybody know. So you have some other announcements. Oh, the last thing I wanted to say is this Wednesday, sorry, this Wednesday night, instead of our regular church service at seven, we are doing a Jesus day night. So 
please, especially if you're signed up, please be here that night because we will talk a little bit about how the day is going to flow and what to expect and what to do. And we will also then break off into the groups that you're going to be working with and get everything set up that night so we're ready to go for Saturday. So this Wednesday at 7, let's do that. Kids, this is for you. Last night I was praying. It's a good thing to do. And I got a scripture for you. And it's in Matthew chapter 22, verse 9. You can look it up when you get home or in church. And it talks about inviting people. And it says, therefore, go into the highways, as many as you can find, and invite to the wedding. Now, you could... You could reinterpret that as saying therefore go into your classrooms go into your neighborhood and find as many as you can and invite to jesus day now they've encouraged you to invite your friends and that's a wonderful thing we want your friends here but what i would encourage you to do is if you go to school which most of you do go to the classroom and look for the ones that are new yes. look for the ones that don't have many friends Look for the ones that don't get opportunities like this. Look for the ones that have trouble in school. Look for the ones that maybe have trouble at home. You can probably tell. And those we, are, we need to invite. Yes, we want your friends, but we want to invite those that don't get chances like this. That's good. So that's your assignment. Can you do that? Look for that, and we'll get your folks to help. So I, that's, that was my word. You've got to look for those that need to be here. Look for those that need friends. Look for those that need help. Look for those that just, you know who they are. And you can find them. You have Jesus in your heart. You pray that Jesus will show you who to invite. And, and not just by Facebook. Go up and put your arm around them and ask them to come with you. Amen. Can you do that for me? Amen. Okay. So $100 to the one that brings the most kids. And that's from the preacher. And then we'll look at second, third, or fourth, or fifth place, too. Yeah. So I want you motivated. You shouldn't have to be motivated by money, but you're young. and Well, some people here are old, and they're motivated by money. <laughs> Father, today, in the name of Jesus, we're so thankful that we can come together as a family. We're so thankful that we have the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, who was sent to lead and guide us into truth. The Holy Spirit who brings liberty and freedom. And so in advance, we thank you for liberty and freedom to worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And to give you all the honor and all the praise. Father, we purpose to come in agreement as one people, one body. To worship Jesus. And all God's people shouted, Amen. Amen. I don't want you to say anything. I just want you to lift your hands, close your eyes.
give it all to Jesus. I give it all to Jesus. And Lord, I trust in you. Sing that again. I give it all to Jesus. I give it all to Jesus. And Lord, I trust in you. Give it all to Jesus. I give it all to Jesus. Lord, I trust in you. You are my hiding place. You are my shelter. Lord, I trust in you. My firm foundation, rock of salvation. And Lord, I trust in you. Give it all. Give it all to Jesus. Give it all. Give it all. trust in you my firm foundation rock of salvation and Lord I trust in you you are firm foundation my firm foundation rock of salvation Lord I trust in you you are you are my hiding place you are my shelter and Lord I Trust 
give it all to Jesus. Give it all to Jesus. And Lord, I trust in you.
Spirit of the Lord is speaking. What are you waiting for? I'm calling to you. The new wine, the new move is here. What are you waiting for? Step into it. Embrace it. Drink it. What are you afraid of? I'm pouring out my spirit. It is here. Spirit would say, you've entered into that new day. But it's important that you understand and have revelation. Because that will enable you to stand in the days ahead. And this is the revelation for you and the understanding that you need. It is no longer you who live. But Christ lives in you. And the life that you now live in the flesh, you live by faith in the Son of God who loves you, who died for you, who gave His life for you. You were bought with a price, the precious blood of the Son of God, the spotless Lamb of God. You are no longer your own. The hour that you've entered is going to be filled with signs, wonders, and miracles. But only for those who will forsake self. 
and look to the needs of others. So the Spirit would ask, where are your eyes today, Harvest Church? What are you looking at? What is your heart focused on? Fulfilling the lusts of the flesh? Going after those things that bring you only fleeting pleasure? Because those things will eventually pass away. But the word of the Lord endures forever. So it is a new day. And it's important that you listen to what the Spirit of grace would say. What He would speak to your heart day by day. Learn to train your ears your spiritual ears on the inside. Learn to train your spiritual eyes to only look at those things from above. Focus on Jesus. Focus on Him. Take your instructions day by day from the Spirit of grace. For you have been strategically positioned in your station in this life. You have been strategically placed and positioned by God in this new day. So ask the Spirit to open your eyes to see a lost humanity. Your co-workers, fellow students, teachers, neighbors. For it is the harvest field. It's my harvest field and it's ripe. So what are you waiting for, Harvest Church? The name is Harvest Church. And I've anointed you. I've appointed you to go forth and to bear fruit. And that your fruit will remain. So know who you are this day. Sons and daughters of the Most High God. Anointed by the Father. To go about doing good. Healing all that are oppressed of the enemy. For God is with you. I will always be with you. Have not I said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. For my eyes are looking to and fro throughout the whole earth. Looking for those that are faithful. Looking for those that have a heart for lost humanity. Father, we worship you. Forgive us, Lord, for being insensitive to the needs of others. And only caught up with our own selfish needs. Our own little circle. Our own family. 
when there are people that are lost and dying and going straight to hell because no one will take the time to share Christ. Will you take the time to share Christ? God's not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound disciplined mind. God has given His people boldness to go forth. So rise up, Harvest Church, and do the work of an evangelist in this hour. Bring in the children. Bring in the teenagers. Bring in the seniors. Bring in a lost and dying world. Bring in those that other churches wouldn't want them to darken their door. Bring those people because Jesus loves them. There is an anointing upon you and it's available for you to go about doing good. Father, we lift our hands today to heaven. Our eyes are on You. Thank You, Lord, for pouring out Your Spirit and anointing. That grace to share the Gospel. That grace to lay hands on the sick. Signs, wonders, and miracles follow the people of Harvest Church. We thank You, Father, this day. We love and honor You. And all God said... All God's people said, Amen, 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 Amen.
making loud With a joyful sound Watch walls fall down When you lift up a shout Gonna make it loud With a joyful sound And watch walls fall down You lift up a shout In the Lord who's strong and mighty Let us lift up a joyful sound Come rejoicing Rock of our salvation This is the
you're in tune spiritually I want to sing part of this song one more time because the spirit of, of God is waiting to break through but he's again waiting for you and I to step into that breakthrough that new wine the part that we're going to sing again because some of you this applies right now today here and now this is the time for your healing this is the time of your restoration this is the time of his spirit moving this this is the time for shouting. Some of you, don't take this the wrong way because I'm saying this as a brother in love. I've been really dumb at times spiritually. Some of you, quit being dumb. Accept your healing. Accept his restoration. Accept his spirit moving. Shout unto the Lord. We're going to sing that part again. Okay? Not from our heads. We're going to sing that from our heart. This is the time for healing. This is the time for restoration. This is the time of his spirit moving.
Amen. Now what we're going to do is, uh, how many are frustrated about anything in, in this hour? <laughs> well, we're going to direct this, and, and I firmly believe, I know this church was strategically placed in this area. We've taught, talked about the east, the significance of the east gate. And what we're going to do, because I've, I've got some things that frustrate me, and so I'm going to name them, and then I'm going to go one, two, three, and you're going to shout Jesus. The mayor of Norfolk, one, two, three, Jesus! The city council, one, two, three, Jesus! The school board, one, two, three, Jesus! The hospital, one, two, three, Jesus! Amen? The religious devils. One, two, three. Jesus! The lost and dying in Norfolk and northeast Nebraska. One, two, three. Jesus! That's the answer. And you got it. Amen. Go ahead and be seated. I was praying last night I told you I had that word for them and then I also had another word and let's look at if you have your Bibles look at Galatians chapter 3 this is such a key New Testament scripture because it tells us who we are in Christ what he has for us in verse 13 Galatians chapter 3 verse 13 Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law having become a curse for us Cursed is everyone who hangs on the tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Through faith. We are no longer, if you are in Christ Jesus, under the curse of the law. You have the blessings that Abraham had. And we've lived in a generation that loves the blessings of Abraham. We want lots of land. We want nice houses. We want sheep and herds and all these possessions, but I want you to look back in Genesis chapter 12. I think too often we forget what the blessing of Abraham was about. In Genesis chapter 12, now the Lord said to Abram, get out of your country, get out of your comfort zone away from your family, from your father's house. In other words, not just us four and no more. To the land that I will show you to make you a great nation, I will bless you. God wants you blessed. This is a blessed people. We have our needs met. Because I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those that bless you. I will curse those who curse you. And because in all the families of the earth, because of you, will you will be blessed. We've got to get our minds off of 
the blessing of Abraham just for us. We have got to open our eyes and take the blinders off and see that there are people. I have never known a time when there are so many needs in the lives of people, especially children. And we have an opportunity. Parents, it talks about training up a child in the way they should go. That does not mean that all your efforts are to make them popular and be in the in-group. It means you can't overprotect them over all the time. The best way to train up a child to, is to be strong in the Lord and to be blessed because they're going to be a blessing. If they are learned to be blessings, they're going to be blessed. We have to tra- teach them to look not just for their little in crowd. And adults, it's the same way. We want to cluster together in our little social groups. And the day for that is over. It's not that kind of church. We are not that kind of people. And that is not the heart of God. He wants your family blessed to be a blessing. And so this week, we've got to start looking. There are kids out there with needs. Your kids know them. Your kids can see them. Get your kids... And pray for those people. Pray for those children. And don't just invite them on Facebook. That's fine. But go put their arms around them and offer them a ride. Your kids can't offer them a ride. Let's look for them. Because he's telling us to be a blessing. Now, when you leave church today and you drive out of this parking lot, I want you to look at that field across the road. It's green right now. But in a month or so, it's going to be brown. It's not going to pick itself. Some farmer's got to go over there and get it. That's the way the harvest works. We're providing an opportunity here to reach children because this is the day God's heart is for kids right now. But we got to go out and find the harvest and bring it in. So I want to read this to you one more time. And not just thinking about this. But in everything right now, we've got to change our mentality. You know, you wonder why we haven't had signs, wonders, and miracles in the church for the last, in churches for the last 20 years? Maybe because we didn't have people that had the needs here. We gotta get the people that have the needs. God responds to needs. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. So, ushers, you can go ahead and receive this morning's tithes and offerings, but be a blessing this week. Stand up, please. I'm going to pray. Father, in the name of Yeshua, 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 Jesus, I pray for these parents and grandparents, their eyes to be open to see the harvest, especially the children in this hour. Lord, let these bodies be activated to go into the field and reap. Have you not said, Father, you surround your people with favor as with a shield. I declare and decree, God's favor surrounds you. So do your job. I thank you, Lord. These people are willing and obedient. 
and they shall be blessed, and they shall be a blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Ushers, go ahead. Kaylee that's your name come here this is my beautiful daughter-in-law she's a nurse do you remember coming here as a child tell them about it Where's, give, me, give me the mic um, I remember coming here with um, I was going to daycare at a cr- across from um, Sandy's daughters. Yeah. Um, she, Heidi runs a daycare. Well, I was across the street and, um, I remember Sandy bringing me to, I guess, a Jesus day that you had years ago. How old would you have been? Oh gosh, I don't know. Five? Young? I mean, I wasn't very old at all. And, um, the first time Kayla brought me here, I just, I had like deja vu because I remember this parking lot. And I was like, this is so, like, I just remember sitting at some picnic table. And then we were over in the other building and we had lunch. And so I told him that. And he goes, really? And I said, yeah. I said, I know, I know I've been here before. And so it's just. And at the end of each service, thank you, mm-hmm. we gave an opportunity for these kids to receive Jesus. Then my son ends up marrying her. Don't take God for granted. You hear me? He can do things your little pea brain can't even comprehend. He's a big God. Amen? Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you, worship team. Look at John 6. We're going to end this today, I believe, by faith. We've been on a series for, oh my gosh, I have it, number 19. 19 messages on this. Our purpose was to help you, the believer. How many of you are believers? To help you, the believer, develop a harvest mindset by preparing you for the miraculous days ahead. And at the end of the service, I'm going to hand this out, the, the, things, the, the principles, the seven things entitled Harvest Church Must. You can put this on the refrigerator. I'll get with you at the end here. This is how we're going to end it. We'll hand it out. You can take it home. But let's read John chapter 6 one more time. The, the miracle of multiplication, the feeding of the 5,000s, it's in every gospel, and it's the only miracle that's in every gospel. And as I read this months ago, I saw some principles here, and that's what we've talked about. 
But let me read it to you. It says, after these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. Then a great multitude followed him because they saw the signs which he performed on those who were diseased. You wonder why nobody's following you? Because you're not doing any signs. You're not producing any miraculous signs. Oh, that's for the apostles. No, it's for the church. But if you don't want signs, miracles, I was in a store. I'll get off like I always do. Buying antiques, that's what I do on the side to make an extra buck. And I knew this man had helped me a month or two ago carry some stuff out of the store. And I knew he was a believer. I just knew that. And uh, I went down. It was last, oh, this week. And he looked at me and he, he recognized, oh, yeah, you're the preacher. I said, yeah. He says, what church do you... I said, Harvest Church. What kind of church is that? Uh, my, my standard reply is non-denominational. Which sets me at ease. But I couldn't help it. I says, we believe in the Holy Ghost and speaking in other tongues. And he went like this. No, literal. He went like that. And I looked at him and I said, you're a Baptist. Yeah. And then I qualified. I said everything. Because I didn't want to embarrass him. I didn't want to intimidate him. I said, but you know, the most important thing is Jesus. Agreeing on the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so we, we get along fine, but he's going to know I'm a tongue talker. Amen. But you know what he said? You know, did you ever watch that show Flashpoint? I said, yeah, I'm personal friends with Hank Kuhneman. And then his eyes went up. I said, yeah. I said, I'm glad you're watching that. And then he watches Turning Point. They're, they're out there, folks. They, and they're on, the main thing is tongues. They just, why don't you get your Bible out and read it? It's in there. It's for you. It's that simple. But, you know, you can't fix stupid. There are stupid Christians out there. Are you? Boy, did you hear how they responded? But I said, are you stupid? No. Why don't you say no? Thank, thank you. You're not. You know the truth. Amen. Oh, Lord, what's coming in the days ahead? I'm already intimidating people and making them uncomfortable. And I just be myself. Yeah, be, get prepared. Get ready. Okay, where was I, Kathy? Jesus, yeah, because they saw the signs. They followed Jesus because of the signs he performed on those who were diseased. And Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. And the Passover feast of the Jews was near. And Jesus lifted up his eyes, seeing a great multitude, multitude coming toward him. He said to Philip, where shall we buy bread that these may eat? But this he said to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them that every one of them have a little one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a lad, say that, there's a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish, but what are they among so many? And Jesus said, Make 
the people sit down. Do you think his disciples made the people sit down? I think so. Now, there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about 5,000. Now, that's not correct. There's probably 15,000 people there. Yeah, right. So, we think there's some women? Think there's some kids? Well, we know there was a lad. And Jesus took the loaves. We talked about this. And when he had what? Given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples and the disciples to those sitting down and likewise of the fish as much as they wanted. So when they were filled, he said to his disciples, gather up the fragments that remain so that nothing is lost. Therefore, they gathered them up, filled 12 baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which were left over by those who'd eaten. And then those men, when they'd seen the sign that Jesus did, said, this is truly the prophet who's come into the world. This last point of the seven points is this. Harvest Church must believe they serve a God who desires to bless his people abundantly. We must also be good stewards of those blessings. We said our God is the God of leftovers. Leftovers. In other words, there's a surplus. There's an abundance left over. And I like this because I wrote it down. It says here, they received as much as they wanted. You overlook that. You read this. They received as much as they wanted. That's the God we serve. Here's another phrase. So when they were filled, say filled. Here's another one. Gather up the fragments that remain so that nothing is lost. They filled 12 baskets with the fragments. Filled means satisfied. God the Father wants you and I to be satisfied. Now, growing up, and, and now we're on roles of change, but when Kathy and I were first married, we didn't have much. Can you relate to that when you first get married? And uh, we were living by faith. We really were. And I'll never forget, and I've told this because it was made such an indelible uh, impression upon me. When we lived at 209 South Pine, we lived on the other side of the tracks, the other side of the river. And we didn't have any food, and there's that, that woman in the back there brought us groceries. Sandy Bells. We needed food. See, God supplies, He takes care of His people. Don't you ever forget that. Amen? So, I can remember when we were first married, my car, we didn't have a vehicle. I don't know what happened. But my mom, my mom had a nephew, and he was a mechanic, and he got us, she bought us this little, Ameri- is it American Motors? Do you remember American Motors? And it was a little hatchback. It was an ugly, but ugly car. Little brown, rust-colored. But you know what? It got good mileage, and it got us where we needed to go. We'd go to her folks, and her folks, they would had a big garden, They were conservative, and they always sent us home with produce, baked goods. 
They were good. Canned fruit, jelly. How many of you remember when you... Maybe I'm, we're the only young married couple when in the past. Did your folks do that for you? Do you remember them sending home things for you? That's the way our God is. He doesn't want you to go without, folks. He wants to bless you. That's the Father's nature. I'm going to have you turn there, but she read in Genesis about Abraham in Genesis, Genesis 17, 1. He's called El Shaddai, not El Chipo. He's a loving Heavenly Father. Every good gift, every perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights in whom there's no variableness nor shadow of turning. Then you go on and, and you look at this word El Shaddai, or the name El Shaddai means the God is more than enough, the all-sufficient one, the all-bountiful one, the strength giver. I like this one. The satisfier of his people. Then in Genesis 22, verse 13, when Abraham was called by God to sacrifice his son Isaac, the name is called, God's name is Jehovah Jireh. My God shall provide. Amen? Amen. So there are key words here. I want to define these quickly. The key words here in John chapter 6 is the word filled. Say filled. It's cortezo in the Greek. It means to be filled to satisfaction with food in abundance. One of the shows we watch on the Food Network, we have for years, is diners, drive-ins, and dives. We tend to lean towards dives. Amen? But you look at that. Do you know the portions they give now? Have, do you ever, you know, you, you go places, you just went on vacation to the ark, my kids did, the sandwiches they put out anymore are this big. Could you eat a whole one? You don't want to raise your hand, do you? I couldn't eat nowhere near. So the portions are so big. It means to be filled to satisfaction with food in abundance. They went to the ark. Ellen just came back from the ark. Was that a big buffet or what? I can't tell you. We thought it was good. I mean, the quality when you have that much food probably isn't great, but was there plenty of food? Was it ever empty? Could you go back and get all you wanted? See, that's our God. And I think it's interesting that they have that buffet in the bottom of the ark. Yeah, because that's our God. He's a big God. Another word is the word remain. Gather up the fragments that remain. That word in the Greek means to superabound, to have an excess. Greatly surpass or excel. There was one basket of leftovers for each apostle. Amen? Now, I want you to get this because I, I think this is interesting and I think this is important today. The bread and fish were not multiplied in one big heap. In other words, God just didn't get a dump truck from heaven and just dump it all out there in that field, did he? No. The bread and fish were not multiplied in one big heap, but in the distribution of it. Grace is poured out on steps of faith, steps of action. So the miracle... 
miracle occurred when the apostles took a step and handed out the bread and the fish. And then it was supernaturally, there was a miracle and it began to multiply. But they had to take a step of faith. Miracles occur when there's a step of faith taken. Everyone say step of faith. When we were young and first started, I've always liked history. I've always really, I like buying and selling. It's just the Jesus in me. Because he's Jewish, you know. I like to buy and sell. My father was a businessman. And, and uh, I grew up, and then I got interested in this. So when we first got married, we bought a, a, a used truck from my, the guy that had taught me a lot. Big old truck, big old cab and, and crew cab. It was a Ford 360. My God, it had two gas tanks. And it got about 12 miles to the gallon. Can you imagine driving that today? And we lived on the other side of the river at 209 South Pine. We didn't have anything. I went to the bank and borrowed $5,000. And I, had, I shouldn't have probably done that, but I did it. I was stepping out, and uh, we were getting ready to go. And uh, I found a place in Denver, Colorado that would... would you know, be interested. And then all of a sudden, the last minute, they said, no, we don't want you to come. And I looked at her, and I said, we're going anyway. We took that truck, filled with antiques, drove blindly to Denver. I would not do that today. That was a miracle. You know, the spirit of Caleb was on me. We got there, found a place, and I remember I was, I was, kind of uptight and anxious because it was all borrowed money. It was all, you know, everything we had was the back of that truck. And found a store, and they bought it all. Then I thought, Rich, oh, it's going to be like this every time. Guess what? wasn't. But God was good. We sold it, went back to the bank, paid off the note, and he just looked at me. He was an older guy. Couldn't believe it. Well, that's when interest was really high, and then I got myself into trouble. Nobody here has ever gotten in trouble. Made some financial mistakes, lost money. But you know what? I just get back up. And God's blessed me. I went yesterday down to, I, I got a lead on some old advertising signs because I got somebody who wants some really nice, I'm talking about hundreds of dollars you got to pay for these. And I got there and I knew the minute I walked in, I'm not going to find it here. And I think I, I drove an hour, and I'm thinking what she's going to say. You waste all the gas money. You know, it's so much again, you know, whatever. And so on the way, I'm going, God, I missed it. I just wasn't led by your spirit, which my oldest reminded me. He's back now, and so now I got her and I got him. So I just go to the shop. And I came in, went up on First Street, and there was a garage sale. And, of course, my, I didn't even have to turn the wheel. My truck just went there. Ended up, I got a Wetzel Truex clock for $20. I'm going to sell it to them. I hope they still want Wetzel Truex stuff. And I, I said, Father, thank you, because God will always take something. You think you blew it, you made a mistake. He's a good God. You ought to see the treasure I got. Amen. See, I'm trying to instill into you, even if you make a mistake, God will bless you. But you've got to take a step of faith. Your spiritual 
and natural gifts will increase as you step out in faith and put them to use. Your spiritual and natural gifts. How many got some gifts? Sure you do. Everyone here. You got to step out in faith and put them to use. You know, Peter never would have walked on water unless he'd taken that step of faith. God expects you and I to be good stewards of the leftovers. Excess blessings require faithful stewardship. Amen? A steward is a manager of a household, one who manages the affairs of others. He or she was expected to be faithful in dispensing exactly what they've been entrusted to him. Abraham was blessed. He was entrusted with much, but he was a blessing. Would you agree with that? Amen. The parable of the talents. You hear these words. Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. That's why so many Christians are miserable and they have no joy. Because they haven't been faithful in the few things. Therefore, they're frustrated because they don't have the many things. And there's no joy. Look at your neighbor and say, you better be faithful. Amen. Your faithful and my faithful stewardship of God's blessings today will determine your rewards tomorrow. So you need to ask yourself, am I a good steward of what God has blessed me with? Am I a good steward of what God has blessed me with? I can't answer the question, that question for you. But the days ahead will answer that question. You will be located in the days ahead. Your spiritual, your spirituality, your godly character, your integrity... You will be revealed in the days ahead for what's coming. Ecclesiastes, I'm not going to have you turn there in chapter 11, verses 1 three through 3, it talks about preparing for hardship. Cast your bread upon the waters. It's important, and we learned that Isaac did this. You sow in a time of famine. Isaac, it was said of Isaac, I'm almost done. He began to prosper. And then what? Well, I've got to read it to you. I've got to read it because I want to get it right. Genesis 26. Let me just read it. You don't need to turn there. Let me read it to you. You remember he was told to stay put. And he was obedient. It says in verse 12, Isaac sowed in that land of famine and reaped in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. You mean the Lord can bless you and I in a time of famine? Sure can. And the man, now listen, the man Isaac began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous, for he had possessions of flocks, possessions of herds, great number of servants. So the Philistines envied him. That's prosperity. Now listen to this statement. Many Christians are not faithful stewards in the, in the began to prosper stage. 
Therefore, they will never get to the very prosperous stage. You've got to be faithful in the beginning when you start prospering. You can't eat all your seed, folks. You can't, you can if you want. You've got to sow. I have sowed more this last year than my entire life personally. Personally. Not our stuff. Personally. I have my own stash. And I give. Well, pastor, you know, it's hard times. That's when you give. Don't wait till your, you know, coffers are all full and the account's all full. Sow now for the days ahead. Amen? Stand to your feet, please. Well, I feel like I've been to church. Remember, say this with me. Let me find it here so I make sure I get it right. Say, I serve El Shaddai, not God El Chipo. Remember that. Now, ushers, would you kindly, a couple guys, hand a sheet out to, to everybody. These are the seven principles that I've been on for weeks and months. It's all on one page. You can put it on, on your refrigerator. And this is Harvest Church Must. Say Harvest Church Must. Number one, Harvest Church Must See Society's Lost Sheep Discern Their Needs and Minister the Love and Compassion of Christ to Them. Number two, Harvest Church Must Raise Up Leaders Who Are Problem Solvers. Men, right now, I've asked Lonnie, he's going to head this up. I have a, a whiteboard in the kitchen and I, li- I list stuff that needs to be done. I put Lonnie in charge. He took care of our toilets, set those in the south building. I need men that will work together. And uh, men and women with initiative who can think for themselves, problem solvers, be aware of the situation and come up with viable solutions. We need men that can Fix things and do things. See things that need to be done and do them. Amen? Number three, in the great end time revival, Harvest Church must recognize that our youth possess the gifts we need. They'll be anointed with a special grace to be a witness and support for the body of Christ. Number four, the people of Harvest Church must learn to obey God and use their gifts. Number five, Harvest Church must learn to effectively organize and delegate. I'm so proud of Caleb. I'm proud of both my boys. But he went and worked while she was working on their travel nurse stint in, in, uh, where were you, Indiana. I forgot where you were. I always want to say Grand Rapids, and that's in Michigan. So they were there, but Caleb got a job setting up party tents. And he said, they're so busy, they're swamped. They're the third company in town, and they worked they worked in the rain and they had to go when the tornadoes went through and he worked. And I can't tell you what his fellow employee said to him or was it your boss? I can't say the word. I'm going to miss you, you blankety blank. If you want to know what he said, come see me afterwards and I'll tell you. <laughs> but he works. 
And we need people that know how to work. Amen. We've got to learn to organize, delegate. Number six, Harvest Church must recognize that heartfelt prayer that expresses thanksgiving to God always precedes a miracle. Number seven, Harvest Church must believe they serve a God who desires to bless the people abundantly, and we should be good stewards of those blessings. Okay, that's me. The other day I was sitting listening to a minister. I like him. His name's Randy Kay. He wrote a book. He went to heaven. He interviews people that died and went to heaven. And God spoke to he and his wife. And this is what God spoke to him just this last 10 days. My church must. And that's what got my attention. My father uses the word must. My church must wake up and no longer take me for granted. Did you hear that? Number two, my church must forgive its enemies. Number three, my church must be bold in declaring my truth. So be bold. Amen. Is there anyone here today that needs prayer for your physical body? We sang about it. Anybody else? You can, that's fine. Just stand off to the side. You're good. Anybody else? I want you to leave here today knowing that, that God is a healing God. Amen. Father, we loose that anointing of healing. You said we could lay hands on the sick and they'd recover. So we thank you, Father, for healing flowing this day. In the name of Jesus, for healing is in the name. Amen. Amen. Father, we bind any infirmity in the name of Jesus and loose healing and help and strength and command her body to function as God ordained it to in Jesus' name, we thank you for it today, Father. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. Anything else? Where are we putting it, Mom? We'll figure it out. Okay. That's, kids came home. I said, where are we going to put it, Mom? In the basement. We don't have a basement. Go out and be the church. Go out and be the church. Amen. God bless you. Have a good week.